I'm getting a little. I'm getting like a. I'm getting like a, a banging sound. Who who let Mitch Mitchell into the podcast? Passable guest uh, coming. Just trying to stop him from drumming. You can't stop him once he starts. When he's a guest on the show, rehearsal takes forever because he has to go sit at the kit and just for a while and go, hey, look. <laughs> look what I still can't do. No, you can, though. That's the problem. That's why it's enjoyable for everyone but me who's looking at my watch. <laughs> Hey everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Strike Force Five. Ow! Woo! We'll pick, we'll, 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 we'll pick Steven, up that pause. I have to say, post, I'm I so hope. confused because I go between people saying we don't want it and then people getting mad at me for not playing it immediately. So we I don't know clear. what to do. You Guys, played good the morning. top I'm of the so... show, Jimmy. We're talking. The adults Sorry. are talking. I'm sorry. We played at the top of the show, and we played at the bottom of the show, or if we call for it, but not just But casually. how do I know when you're calling for it? This we is will point audio format. Isn't this fun talking every day? I love it. Jimmy, I thought you were going to say, isn't it fun talking every episode about the thunder sound effect? <laughs> that is interesting. That is Wait. not, that's not that calling for it. You, yeah, you okay. can't just play it if no. we say yeah. sound effect, right? And by the way, Jimmy, we don't actually talk every day. I know you show up every day. And talk, but the yeah, rest of us just then, show up twice a week. It's kind of fun when I see you because I'm always talking to nothing, and then when I see faces, it's it makes it more interesting for me. Yeah. By the way, speaking of interesting, I had an insane night. Should I talk about it now or no? Oh yeah, oh, no, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. Do, do it right now. Do it right now. I've been coughing. I've been. I had this cough. That's for all we about... have time for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my story. Well, I, 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 I was, thought it would be more interesting. Well, <laughs> I didn't even get you into said it. insane night and you said I've been coughing and then I immediately went this isn't going to be that insane well, well here's where it gets if insane you said like I've been levitating I'm like go on <laughs> I, I so I, I I've been coughing and I got I want to get rid of the cough and so someone told me this remedy is to put sliced raw onions in in your socks at nighttime and go to bed and uh, it will cure the uh First, first question: Who's the someone? That's right. Who's the someone? That's the most important what? question. Yeah. My and friend, second. my friend Claire. Your friend Claire? Is this a friend Claire? Like kids have a friend Claire when they don't have any friends, and you realise he's talking to his friend Claire in the room all evening. His friend Claire told him to burn the cat. No, she's that, a is that real. Is that the kind of thing? No, she's a real person, and she That's sent me what? a real That's Instagram what? clip of a woman explaining the health benefits of onions, putting slicing an onion and putting it in your. In your socks. Okay, explain you know those what? health benefits to us now, and uh, let's just see if you can carry well, on. Hold on a second, John. Thing. What that's called is a teaser. Oh. All right, now we're going to go to the, the first commercial break, and people are going to stick around through the commercial break because they want to know what happened with the onions. Mike? Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of Strike Force Five. Thank you for your He's grudging sound worse. effects. I'm your <laughs> host, Stephen Colbert, for Episode 7. Joining me, as always, are the Strike Force members, Seth Myers, John Oliver, Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Kimmel. But today, we are honored to have our very first guest and a special guest at that, a, a legend of the game. Please welcome my friend and yours, Mr. John Stewart. Woo! -hoo! Woo! 
Yes. Johnny, yes. Johnny, you can't John woo for Stewart. yourself. It's. It's oh. not, it's, yeah, it's, it's no, but, weird. <laughs> John, no, but, uh, John was unplanned, but he heard onion socks. Yeah. And got the link. <laughs> I heard someone had a cough, and I wanted to come in and <laughs> I, offer some remedies. I have a cough. Jimmy, please follow up on your onion sock story. I'm sure please. John wants to know, too. Did putting the onions in your socks help? Well, I didn't want to get it. I, we, we could just skip over this and go. Uh, we have John Stewart here, so I, I don't no, want to waste time. We promised. We promised. There is nothing sure? I want to know more about than so John, if putting onions in your socks had any effect and, on your cough or your marriage. And John, real quick, <laughs> just in case you haven't listened to all the episodes, Jimmy does have a lot of food in his bed to begin That's with. That's right. So yeah. he was sort of on the lot. Okay. I have a lot of food. John, do you do you I eat? want to make one thing clear off the bat. Not a fan. Not a fan <laughs> of the podcast. Tried oh. to get through the first one. Not a fan. Well, they get okay. better. They get better. That's a human response. <laughs> do they? they get shorter. Yeah, they okay. get shorter. They get shorter. Once yeah. again, your fingers are the yeah. of the nation. Do you eat in bed, John Stewart? Uh, no, we have a kitchen table. I, I, I've been in the business a long time. We bought a, wow. a kitchen, a table. So years ago, when I lived in one room and the bed was the center and the focus, mm. I, I did have that. But I no, 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 uh, no, like ice cream or anything, or just watch a movie. Popcorn. No, no, no. We have a whole setup mm. where you can sit and you can watch television, or you can eat at a counter. Jimmy, come by. I want you to come by the house. John Stewart, of all the foods you could eat in bed, of all the foods you could eat in bed, what do you imagine the worst one would be? <laughs> you know, I was thinking, well, what are some, what is a, like a garnish on a salad that's there to add pungency and a bit of acridity? Well, how about, you know what it would be? Something that makes you cry when you cut it. Something so, that is so, so powerfully acrid. All right, so that it burns I, I the eyes and I don't normally have this thing. So I, I mm -hmm. asked, so I, I had this cough and it won't go away. My friend told me to do this onion thing and I asked Nancy, my wife. Is that she Claire? Said, Claire is my friend. Yeah, you heard. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go. Doctor uh, Claire or just Claire? No, she, she is calls herself doctor. doctor. All right. But no, um, she really, it's important to in, state she's not medically trained in any way. Sorry, Jimmy Carroll. So, uh, yes. so I asked my wife, I go, hey, I think I'm going to do this thing uh, where I put onions in. You're supposed to put your onions in a plastic bag and then put your feet in there and then put socks over the bag. So I just pause for a second, Jimmy. When you said, I'm going to do this thing and put onions in my socks, how long was Nancy's sigh? Hmm. She, pause. She uh, just said, uh, she goes, she, no, you're absolutely just, not doing that. She said, that. fucking Claire. Yeah, she goes, no, you're Classic not doing this. Claire. Never doing this, don't even trying this. And I go, all right. Uh, but then I go, I, the cough wouldn't go away. So I go, last night I decide I'm going to do it. I go, let's, I'm going to do it. I'll do it in the guest room. I'm going to try to figure this out. I'm ready to do this thing. I, I have an onion. I slice it. I realize I have no paper, uh, plastic bags because, you know, we don't have those anymore. We have like reusable tote bags and stuff. <laughs> so I can't put go my on. feet in. No, go on. Yeah. So like, what are those made of? This is, this is happening because of your carbon footprint, Jimmy. Is that? You yeah. have an onion footprint because of your carbon footprint? Please tell me you put two NPR tote bags Filled with onions on your feet. You have a 20,000 square foot house, but you're going to save the earth with tote bag socks that you're going to stuff your onions in. All right. Keep going. So, so <laughs> anyway, so. You do have a cough. Yeah, that was a spoiler alert that you still have. It. I was about to say. <laughs> you just. You just, just, just ruined the, the movie. Uh, it's, like, ruin the it's like at the beginning, it's like at Star Wars, if Luke just said, hi, Dad. Um, uh, well, no, so it was the predictable outcome. 
So onions don't cure your cough if you rub them on your feet? <laughs> so I go to the basement. I am looking for bags. I go, what am I going to put my, my, my feet in the bag? Because I, I really don't. You know, I, I want to keep it in there. So I, I, I was thinking maybe a Ziploc you know, bag or something. But, of course, I don't have size three feet. And so that wasn't even an option. So I look and I find diaper bags in my basement from when the kids were little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're oh, baby yeah. powder scented uh, bags. Sure, yeah. So I put the onions in these bags, like diaper bags. Yeah, and you're I, seeing I photos my... of the bags right now. Yeah, yeah he, I'm showing you. Actually, so and they're red onion. onions, just so you know. They're red onions. I did onions. red onions. I did two slices in each bag. I gotta tell you, I'm not sure the the red onion is the one to go with. Yeah, I would have gone with Vidalia, yeah. but go and on, I, go on. Yeah. And I I went for it, and I put the sock over that, and I went to sleep with the onions in my socks. And and I will tell you guys, the house smells like a uh, hoagie shop. It is a disaster. Now tonight you have to go to sleep with your each foot in a in a foot long <laughs> bun. It is a. Complete. Yeah. Jimmy, design. can I ask a question just quickly? Yeah. It's about Claire's track record in terms of I don't of really even know her that well. Health related. Uh-huh. She's Have a cannibal. Ever... I want to stress that she's a cannibal. And this is step one. Claire suggested that I wrap my balls in lettuce. <laughs> I, I just want to know if there was any kind of an earned authority and credibility amongst those that, you know, we've gone to Claire in Ses- She. We've gone to hospitals that couldn't figure yeah. things out. Claire, on the yeah. other hand. Oh, strep but, throat? You want to do a Cajun rub. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I will... So I woke up by myself in the middle of the night. I probably moment around, that must have been as well, Jimmy. Just, just waking up, feeling... Just that split second before you remember. What's that on my feet? Oh, it's onions on my feet, and I did this to myself. And Carry on. I left my wife to do it. Like, <laughs> I was told to it's the onions to my or me. And you said, I'm choosing the onions over my wife. It is a complete disaster. But I will say, up until this point, I have not coughed. Anyway, I'm sorry for the long story, and I'm no, happy not at to... All. Uh, the people at home won't know it's long. I promise you that. I promise you they'll go, wow, that was a really quick story. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to their editors. Anyways, everyone, I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. The cough is uh, getting better. Thanks. We are praying for you. Jimmy, I wear Ivermectin pajamas every night. (laughs) They're made of. I don't believe in that. Yeah, those pajamas won a Nobel Prize, and yet we criticize you. It's a paste. Hey, Jimmy, though, real quick, what'd you do with the onions? You just throw those away? Anybody, anybody calls this guy? Those onions? Who's, who's, some guy just broke in. Some guy just broke Jimmy, in. That's Claire. Time. That's Claire. Oh, hey, Claire. Uh, Jimmy, I'm going to side text you about those onions. It's moments well, like that that I resent when Seth claims he's not a character comedian. Voices like that, right. you realize you just lost yourself in that role. If you're just watching him do that, you think that is a cast member from Jersey Shore. Oh, there you. is mm-hmm. with the wow. situation. Shit. The tan and the voice. Amazing abs. If that's not the situation, I don't know my reality. Like go down to the beach, eat my onions out of a bag, make the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Do I look like this? I eat onions out of a diaper bag. (laughs) You know that kind of guy. He's he's the kind of guy who would eat onions out of a diaper bag. You know that. Congrats. Congrats, Every Sunday night. We have Sunday night dinner. Onions out of a a diaper bag. DP. Yeah. Yeah, my own we call it, comes we over. We call it the gravy, but it's really just it's really just onions out of a diaper bag. <laughs> the, we call it gravy, though. We call it gravy. We call it the gravy. You that call scene in Goodfellas where they you call the sauce? onions out of the oh, sauce. Oh, they're, they're slicing the, slice the onions so <laughs> they thin that they just dissolve they when they hit the, un, the diaper bag. Garlic, yeah. 
The thing about Jimmy was he always sliced the onions as thin as he possibly could. Hey, how you doing, Jimmy Diaper Bags? Hey, Yo, look, hey, everybody, it's Jimmy, it's Jimmy Diaper, diaper Bags. bags. Uh, uh, take the onions, leave the diaper. If anyone's listening at home, having, thinking they're going through something tough right now, just rest assured you've not hit rock bottom until you've woken up in a bedroom that's not your primary bedroom Hello. with a diaper bag of onions on your feet, all of which is your own design, listening to a Claire that doesn't and never did exist. Never and met then, her. And then saying to Nancy, I, don't, I think that smell could be any number of things. It is very humid out. It could yeah. be... No, John, I ate pizza in my bed. and uh, No, you ate ramen. You ate soup. Soup is the, oh, I did. the least, <laughs> the worst choice you could possibly make. Ramen is I did loud eat ramen soup as well. and it's very hot. Jimmy's got a whole buffet set up next to his bed that he sits Jimmy, are you like, like at night. Grandpa Joe in the Willy Wonka? Like, why, why are you doing everything? <laughs> it's just the... me and the wife in the bed. Yeah, sleeping foot, foot to foot, right? I just sometimes it's not an everyday thing, but every now and then I'll I'll sure. just get some like right. a yeah like a me day. You're having well, a, if it's a midnight right. snack, I guess you go down and you eat it at the table, and then doesn't brush his teeth before he goes to sleep. <laughs> That's not, no, he takes a couple That's... of bites. He takes a couple of bites of pizza and he goes like, ah, I just lies, goes to bed, lies down, goes to bed with, with the less, rest that. of the slice just sitting on the bedside table. <laughs> you should know. Claire is also a dentist. Jimmy, she says he doesn't need to brush his teeth if, again. If I may ask a question, Jimmy, is, yeah. is there a beer can pyramid in your room? Yeah, there is. It's getting larger and larger. I like right now that people are listening and they're thinking, how fucking boring is it to host a talk show that they're still talking about? Now, John, John, you've got an out. What time do we need to get you out of here, John Stewart? I got to go three hours to Maggie's school at, I probably got a 1.15. My, okay, we've got 45 minutes. Out. Let's get going here. Okay, John Stewart. Wait, uh, we haven't been going yet? <laughs> oh, no. I've been having the best time I've had in months. In what three, do you mean, let's get going? Two, this is, one. This is the greatest and now and most pleasurable conversation I've had in, in months. I'm not saying that this isn't our normal standard. It is. We have not risen right. above this over the last six episodes. Hey, you know, speaking of that thin garlic and onion thing from Goodfellas. I had mm -hmm. Marty Scorsese on the show once and I told him that for years I have been trying to cut garlic thin enough so that it dissolves in the olive oil. And he said, oh no, that will never happen. I just made that up. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh my God. Yeah, it will never, you can never cut the garlic thin enough to just dissolve. Do you know the hope that he, the hope that he had given to prison cooks everywhere the time that he, of my personal time that he'd wasted with me and a razor blade trying to get that garlic just that thin. Was he apologetic in any way? He wasn't. He wasn't. I, he sh I should follow up. John, we've been going over some questions that only people who have one of these shows would understand. And mm. I I'll start off one with you. What mm. was your first show like? The first time you did your first talk, talk show? show? Yes. Oh, it was chaos. And this show was, please, if, for the people who have this show been was following. it was called the John Stewart Show, named Inventive. appropriately. Yes. It was on MTV. The first guest on it was a gentleman by the name of, and I don't know what happened to him, Howard Stern, mm. who, as you know, will always come on a show and prop you up. Uh, at that time <laughs> in his career, just uh, so giving was, and loving. It was all yes and. Uh, <laughs> And no Terminator, let me look for every vulnerability uh, in this young man's career. <laughs> what uh, we is must this have been show? 10 seconds in when he explained to me 
pretty accurately why I would be canceled in the upcoming future. <laughs> Nailed it, kind of, kind of put everybody in their place for the thing and then sat back and said, what do you have to say now? <laughs> so it was an auspicious beginning. Uh, and then I believe it closed with a, a boy who would eat cheese in the shapes of all the states in America. In other words, it was the highest level of entertainment that a so person So your could first achieve. episode or the entire run of the show ended with that bit? Uh, no, the, that was the first episode ended with that. It began with Howard Stern and a comedy bit called Butt Crack Guy at the top. And then the show ended with, I believe we referred to him at the time as Cheese Boy, for those of you who are. <laughs> and that was Cheese Boy as a written bit or an existing kid? So this was an actual child that we had to suss out. This was a needle in a haystack. This was the prize in a Cracker Jack box. This was no ordinary talk show, ladies and gentlemen. Find me a one. cheese boy. We were, <laughs> we were plumbing did you read interest. A, did you read Ew. a news story about a child who ate cheese only in the, sh in the shapes of states? Let me explain very quickly. I did not have a support staff that went through these. I, th I think somebody said, I know this kid and he eats cheese into the shapes of states. And I oh, thought, well, if I, can't, I if I can't get five minutes of good content out of that. We spent a lot of the time just holding up cheese that hadn't been eaten and going like Col Colorado. Like there's a lot of square states. Did Howard Stern now, come back on after that segment and say, I take it all back. This show's going to run for a hundred years. I didn't know you had cheese boy. And that boy grew up to be Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Cheese boy is with us today. How many episodes, John? You know, guys, I don't, I take a more existential look. I don't count my successes in terms of episodes. I'm not that kind wow. of. It's so not about so 12? the episodes. So cool. It's about the impact. And, you know, thank you. Thank you, Jimmy, for the, for the snaps. <laughs> I saw that show. I went to one of the tapings of that show. John Stewart and Jimmy Fallon have something in common, and that is working with Steve Higgins. Because Higgins, Higgins. was your head writer. He was my head writer. He's unbelievably and, and funny sketch partner who did i mean how many times could you just in, in a pinch throw higgins into a blonde wig and a mesh shirt and just drive around new york city in a cab and that was the bit i mean we that show was chaos and the most fun i've ever had in show business do you know higgins like higgins boy uh, higgins boys, higgins boys and, and gruber, gruber? Yeah. started with them at, at the comedy channel they were i was a writer for a woman named rachel sweet this was my first job writing in television. She was a pop star, like a, almost like a Debbie Gibson type young pop star, but also really smart and really funny. She ended up being, I think, a, a writer of sitcoms and such. And mm -hmm. Michael Patrick King, who was a comic that had been working in the village, was moving out to Los Angeles to begin writing on Murphy Brown. And he said, there's this show, I think I can get you a gig writing on it. And at that time, it was like, you could make $400 a week, which... Nice. For nice. a gentleman who was at that time, I was still sharing, not an apartment with someone, but a room. I was living in a room. How old are you another, at this point? Too old to be living in a room with another person. <laughs> Do we know the other person or no? no Bobby no Onion Socks? Was that? Uh, no, he was a young, angry, drunk lawyer. Wow. Oh. Not the name of his band. His person, that was his personality. He, he went on to become mayor of New York City. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and I lived in the loft and we had opposite things. So I had to creep in at night and climb into the loft bed. And it wasn't like, you know, pillow fights. It wasn't so, as glamorous so bring, as it bring sounds. So bringing a date home was a little rough. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, a date? Now you're saying that someone would have found my life appealing at that time? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> you know what I love? This gentleman who's working for hummus and living <laughs> above an angry, drunk lawyer. I got my eye on you, boy. I won. <laughs> I won big time. Fallon, I won the lottery on this one. And I think at the time I was 28. Like, no, you know. This was not a college roommate situation. John and I have a longtime connection as well. I was a radio oh, yeah. dish jockey at K-Rock That's in right. L.A. And we became friendly. John would come in and do our show. And I wrote the radio ads for John when he launched The Daily Show. That's right. Wow. Jimmy and was producing Kevin and Bean in L.A., the, the morning show. And I believe, as I recall, John, on your first show which featured Jillian Anderson as your first guest, she castigated you for those very radio spots. That's, <laughs> that's, exa that's exactly right. She did. It was the first week. She's somebody that I had co-starred in a, in a movie with. And for the people at home the faculty? Now who are listening to... Um, thank you, Stephen. But no. <laughs> obviously, we're going to get into my filmography. I think mm -hmm. any fan who is sitting out there right now listening is going to want to know an actor's studio perspective on everything that I had done. <laughs> what, what would you say to Jesus when you see him at the gates? And what does he say back to you? And how does he say it? It's all yes and, Jimmy. The secret is yes and. Okay, good to know. My connection, my deep old connection with you. Predates... By the way, I want to get clear that Seth and I don't know each other. <laughs> Just so that he feels no pressure to generate an anecdote based on our shared history. We're just meeting now. I was represented by a very uh, drunk, ineffective lawyer in a shoplifting case. And I met him upstairs. Bookmate. You're kidding me! That was, yeah. Wow. And let me tell I, you something. Small world. When you find out your lawyer is shared <laughs> apartment, <laughs> you think John had it bad. That's a bummer. <laughs> When it was announced that you would take over for The Daily Show, uh, I guess it was on you know, news or something like that, Evie, my darling wife, looked at your photo and she said, John Leibowitz, oh, yeah. he's not funny. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? She's like, that's John Leibowitz. And, and she goes, no, his roommate was funny. There was another roommate in the apartment. Yes. By the name of Bobby. He was a chef. And yes. I worked Wait, there was a third kitchen. man living in the bed? <laughs> third, third man. He, he had his own room because he had his own job. Job. And he, his he name was, was Bobby, so Seth guessed his first name earlier? He said no, Bobby no, no. Onion the kid, Socks. The kid who lived under me was Dave. Oh. Bobby was the chef who lived in the other room. For those of you who are thinking this is some sort of weird village bathhouse expose, it is not. This is what life was like in the 80s in New York City down by Canal Street. It's not a glamorous time. Um, pretty normal, pretty normal. Uh... Bobby was obsessed with this girl that he had met from UVA. Where Evie had gone. Where Evie had gone to school. And so he had tried to intertwine his life into this UVA group of incredibly intelligent, established, creative individuals. 
And Bobby and I were two mook losers from central Jersey. So you can imagine whenever I had to go and be with them as a humiliated man living in a room on a loft bed, I would say nothing. I would Evie, that's just what Evie would say. It's like he wouldn't he wouldn't shut. even talk. He would just like he would just talk. sit in the corner and not talk. That's the guy yeah. who's gonna host the daily show. But did you do stand up, uh, John? I was, but like not when you're talking room. to architects who were working at the Met, you don't want to be like, by the way, if you guys are ever down by the bitter end, you stop by. It's around one o'clock. I do 10 minutes. I think, so I just shut the fuck up and I stood in the back Smart. Smart. and I said nothing. I, I thought if I just oh. say nothing, I'll have trouble humiliating myself. That's the first time Not you the and I met. the most confident person. First time you and I met was when yeah. the press conference with Doug Herzog, president of Comedy Central at the time, was having yes. a press conference to announce I like you. that you say it like that, Doug Herzog, like he's the president <laughs> yeah, right. of Israel. Sure. Herzog. 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 Okay, there you go. Uh, you know, again, that's, we don't control the business. I just want to make it very clear. And uh, I, when it was announced that that press conference was going to go on, I said, wait, The Daily Show would 100% cover this press conference. Someone should go over there and, like, interrupt this press conference. And they're like, go ahead. So I, I just went over there and I raised my hand and I said, John Stewart, Stephen Colbert, The Daily Show, how does this announcement affect the chances that I will be named the host of The Daily Show? And you turned to Doug Herzog and you said, you told me he wasn't funny. funny. <laughs> John, when you took over the Daily Show at that time, I think it was what 1999. How were you received Look at by you the staff? Looking at research, I remember. I, I remember where I was at that time. How? Sure. How were you received by the staff that had? Very well. It yeah. Very <laughs> With humility, and, and, as I remember. Let me, With great let me humility. Let me recommend this to any of you if you're starting a show. Inherent a staff that has no idea who you are. And the first meeting I ever had with them was a week beforehand. And they said to me, this is no MTV bullshit. We're not doing bands. We're not. And I was like, what? No, I, wow. I talked about this. For the, I talked about this with the executive producers. Didn't they tell you we got a whole thing? Yeah. Now, yeah. in their defense, oh. your agent had pitched you as a Kilborn type, correct? Uh, I don't know how he pitched it, but here was the best. I walked in the door. There was a guy that had been a correspondent on the show and I read a quote of his in the press before I took over that said they asked him why he was leaving and he said I want to get out of here while I can still be proud of what we did Oof. <laughs> that, and, then, and then I walk in and I'm like hey everybody let's change the tone have you met cheese teenager <laughs> <laughs> now he does it out of pate he has increased He's a and I happen now. to know that that correspondent, because I, I, I predated John at The Daily Show with Mr. Kilburn, and I happen to know that correspondent was convincing other correspondents to leave. And I said, don't leave. Why would you leave? He seems like a perfectly lovely guy. Do you have another job lined up? No, but they're like, we should get out of here. I'm like, no, you should not get out of here. <laughs> wow. and, I, and, and I had every brutal. reason to have them leave because I'm like, this is great for me. If there are no correspondents left, it's only me. And it, it worked out. I turned out I was right. They did leave and it was great for me. 
but boy, did I hold, I held on to his pant leg the entire time. Like Steven would be leaving a room and I'd be like, ally, ally, <laughs> come back, come back. John, when you first saw John Oliver, yeah. did you, you, you knew you had something there? I thought it was more of a, That's honestly, a, a, what I, is I it, thought Jimmy, it was, Jimmy, what Jimmy, not to criticize again. You gotta rephrase again, that. Your complete inability. <laughs> to Text that to my question. wife, will you? Right. You had potential. You're all professional talk show hosts, yes? Oh my god! Just teed it up. Oh, did you know? Oh, no. Did you know he was? Did you know he was British? When I anyway. first, and this is a true story. When I first met Oliver, I was almost <laughs> sure that it was a Make-A-Wish situation. He was so pale, so pale, and so sickly at that time. I remember he threw me some coins and said, "Boy." Go get the biggest turkey in the city right now. <laughs> I said to him, That's sweet. John, what day is it today? And he said, Christmas Day. And I said, I didn't, I didn't miss it. And it was the middle of July, but it just came out. <laughs> Why, it'd be nice. Christmas Day, Mr. Stewart. You know how this goes. Steve, so Stephen knows how this goes. You know, you see tape after tape after tape after tape. And very rarely do you see a tape and go, that guy. And that was just one of those with John. Not to be sincere, but he you know was so clearly Ugh. great. And so uh, and then we stop. found out that he Steven, your mic is uh, stop needed talking. a green card. Steven, can mute can your microphone. You. The, can you hear your thoughts? The steps I that hate him. I, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. No. Go, go, go right ahead. This Mike, can we take that out? No. Mike, can and we take that out? And then he became the John <laughs> Oliver. And uh, first bit in, we sent him down to Civil War reenactors, and he broke his nose. And uh, Oh, really? Is that the That's first? true. That was my wow. first field. His piece. first bid, he came back and cost us more in, in medical than we had <laughs> I was in supposed the last five to, years. It was, a, it was a Civil War reenactment, and I, I yeah. believe I was fighting for the North. You're welcome. You were. And, you um, were dressed, uh, and so the bit was, I would before they said go, because I believe that's how the Civil War began, Yeah. I would run ahead of them as fast as I can at the other army. And I did that, and then <laughs> I was running literally as far as I possibly could. It was quite wet underfoot, and I was wearing dress shoes. And then I fell forward. I realized there was a musket in my hand. So I got out of the way, face planted. I knew there was blood all over my face. And I knew I'd come to work at the right office when we got back. And there, were, there was still laughter echoing around the office. <laughs> it was like, play it again, play it again. It's on video? It's on video? You oh, following? We, you, oh, it's oh, not yeah. just on video. We, we reenacted it. I believe it it's on a loop. More yeah. I believe it, not, not on video. You it's know what all we those... run when you walk in the building. You know all those Emmys that Oliver's won? It's not yeah. for last week tonight. They just no, no, it's still send for that, that tape in every it's still year. For that. They go, yeah, give him another. Give yeah, him another. Good. Give him another one. He give really hurt one. himself. That's what's funny about it. Oh, um, my God. A, a quick Busted Civil War aside. Quick Civil War aside. Evie's family is uh, from South Carolina from uh, Let it go. From, from Let about it go, 1700. And, mm -hmm. and you can imagine that some of uh, the ancestors on the McGee side uh, fought for the cause. And back in the day, and my states' rights, and my children for say, the cause of states' rights, exactly. And my yeah. children go, I can't believe, you know, we have ancestors that fought for the Confederacy, and I always go, who's this we? <laughs> I said you have ancestors that fought for the Confederacy. I'm clean. <laughs> my people were digging the Erie Canal. <laughs> John, one of the things we've talked about on this show, ooh, episode four, I believe, John Oliver hosted mm. this one, is we're mm. all not only late-night hosts, but we're also fans of the form and scholars, mm. if you will, of the history. Mm. 
Is there mm. a bit from a classic late night show, not any of the five people on this call, six people, right. that comes to mind as your favorite bit? Mine was a camping with Barry White. I believe that Seth's was Conan having an audience full of children, that sort of thing. Is there? That's do you have a hilarious. favorite moment uh, well, from late night? The, the probably elder of of all of you, I, you know, I kind of cut my teeth on the the Carson era. I would have to say, it, it's not necessarily just one bit. It was Steve Martin and Albert Brooks, mm. who would go on. They would do these kinds of just meta bits. Albert Brooks did an impression kit, and he would come out and he would do different impressions like uh, the Three Stooges, and it would be like lemon, and he'd put lemon and he bite into it and go and just or he would do a ventriloquist act that was just god awful and hilarious or Steve would come out and do Flydini and they were fully formed six minute performance art hilarious absurdist surreal fantastic but you would get to these guys and they would come out and blow your mind of any expectation and I always the thing that stands out to me on those shows were the launching pad for these incredibly creative just magical beings Albert Brooks and and Steve Martin and the like it was incredible do you ever hear that story about Albert Brooks where he he was at a party I think with uh, Rob Reiner and they, they were at Rob's house or at Penny Marshall's I think house. that's his best friend. I think they grew up together Rob yes. and Albert, yeah, yeah in, in Hollywood, they, I think they grew up together. Yeah. And so uh, Albert leaves, he, he, he's leaving the, the party and he gets a big laugh and he leaves, like, good night, everybody. And then like 25 minutes later, Rob leaves the party and Albert's outside and he goes, Albert, what are you doing here? You left like 25 minutes ago. He goes, I forgot my keys. He goes, what, what do you mean? He goes, well, I can't go back in there. I, I left on a great joke. <laughs> he goes, you've been, you've been waiting out here for 25 minutes? To, for someone to come bring get his keys because he didn't want he left out a great joke he didn't want to go back in and get his keys i got to go to uh, i got to watch the carl reiner had a zoom memorial and it was all these wonderful comedians speaking about carl and again albert had grown up with him and i think carl mm -hmm. had said on the tonight show the funniest person he knew was his son's friend albert brooks his son's friend oh, so and albert einstein right albert einstein that's right, right at the time but it I was invited that, to the re I was invited to the actual memorial, but I was, uh, you were on the Zoom. You. Being on Zoom was great to see yeah. the people. Sounds sound interesting. I was invited to the shiva, well, okay. to the house, <laughs> to break bread in the house with the. With oh, you the can rocks. break bread anywhere. <laughs> not not the shiva bread. It's a special bread. The story's losing its momentum. <laughs> I will say. I not do at think all, Seth. In, not at all. In the beginning, it had something, and I do want to point out it's someone else's joke, but. When it cut to Albert Brooks, he had just a bunch of papers. He goes, I am so embarrassed. I was told this was a memorial for Carl Malden. He said, I even got a quote from Michael Douglas. <laughs> Carl Malden. Wow. A Streets of San Francisco a reference. Of San Francisco uh. unexplained reference. I was at Albert Brooks's brothers super dave osborne sure. bob einstein's funeral super and dave. yes and albert spoke at at the funeral and they had a very interesting very complicated relationship yeah 
but the most interesting part was <laughs> the day after the memorial service, everyone got a text saying they'd ha- had a table full of mementos set up and someone stole Super Dave's hat. <laughs> <laughs> and could you please re- return it? By the way, I can I know. ask you guys? I don't know how well you knew Super Dave, but had you well, ever hugged him? Very Hugging well. Super Dave was like hugging RFK Jr. Like, Super Dave was made of steel. Like, you would never think it like an old Jewish dude, but like, you'd hug him and be like, what? He's jacked. Yeah, are you wearing a bulletproof vest? Adamantium skeleton? Like, what is this? I know we're talking about favorite old old, uh, talk show bits, but I'm going to cheat a little and say one of my favorite stand-up bits from a talk show host. Uh, John, I think about this all the time. I don't know how old a bit it was of yours about the chain in New York City apartment doors. Oh, yeah. And you just still old. see him to this day. And I think about you literally every time I see it. <laughs> joke the What's City. the joke? What's the What's joke? What's the bit? If I'm remembering correctly, and this is, it was, it was early on, but it was about how I felt secure that New York City at the time I moved there was not safe, but that I felt secure in my apartment <laughs> oh, yeah. because I had the chain. And I, I, that chain, you put that on and that says to criminals, hey, you're not getting in here unless you push gently. <laughs> Because that thing is eight carat. Not the door. <laughs> well, that's a good place to pause right now and have a word what? from our sponsors. This is sponsored? Hello, Ryan Reynolds here, owner of Aviation American Gin. After listening to the pilot episode of this very podcast, I learned that a sound effect bit can never be overused. In fact, it gets funnier the more you use it, whether on a podcast or a commercial for Aviation American Gin. See, I've used it twice already, and this commercial for Aviation American Gin just keeps getting better. Of course, nothing could ruin a cocktail made with smooth, delicious Aviation American Gin. Because Aviation American Gin with notes of citrus, and that makes for a smoother flavor than traditional London dry gins. Next time you're at a bar or restaurant, ask for it by name. Aviation American Gin. Thanks, guys. 100% grain neutral spirits, 42% alcohol by volume, Diageo, New York, New York. He's a funny oh, dude, Oh, they man. should have had one more lightning strike at the end of this <laughs> Yeah. There you go. You at saved first him, I thought Kimmel. he was being so kind sponsoring this podcast, but I realized that He's just a billionaire hunting us for sport. <laughs> exactly he's just brought us is. to his manor, and he's just releasing us into the woods. I can't believe as busy as he is, he waits to do those live reads. I just think that's, <laughs> yeah. in the that's a fan. Just that's a real fan. Yeah, he didn't say any other word. <laughs> John, the, uh, the previous episode, mm-hmm. actually, no, what episode five, we're on episode seven now? Episode five. Mm. was hosted by Jimmy Fallon, and we did it newlywed game right. Again, I want to stress, not a fan of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, not, you're not talking to fans of it right now. Don't okay. worry. All right. All right. So what Jimmy attempted to do was ask <laughs> our wives questions via text and then have us answer what we thought would be our answer as opposed right. to their answer, like the newlywed wow. game. What, I was, was going to so say, what a, what a great but instead, game that would be. Yeah. he was asking, what do you think John would think you would think the answer would be? Like, it, it was, there was one oh, more stop. layer was than was necessary. Confusing. Extra it layer of question. complexity. It wasn't Understood. that, you didn't have to yes. be that complex. <laughs> it was very much that no. bad, Jimmy. So what? I, I've reached out to your lovely wife, Tracy, in do anticipation you of you being on. I, I do. Right. I well, do. she has she has blocked me. So 
I would be delighted if you could I'll send text, her a I'll message. I'll text it to you. I'll text it. Please. So this is how it works. I reached out to Tracy to ask yes. her one of the questions yes. that uh, Jimmy asked our, our wives. And this is it. What do you think mm -hmm. Tracy would say, uh -huh. you would say, that she would say oh, of when God. you fell in love with her? Oh, I get it. Just when, when do you think she would, what do you think, what do you think she would say? I totally get it. That you would say, right. she yeah. would say about when, when did you fall in love, love with her. When did you fall in love? No, no, what, no, it's not when did you fall in love. What do you think she what's would your say? Story? No, not, that's not it. That's not how you played this game, Fallon. What's her story? Don't rewrite history. What do yeah, you I think, think they both she have the would same say, story. you would say, she right. would say about you falling in love with her? When I gotta was that? tell you, I don't. When I hear a question like that, I think, why did the newlywed game ever go off the air? This is fantastic. <laughs> Bob Eubanks. <laughs> that would be in the butt, Bob. I mean, the truth is probably is that first night that I, I met her. We went on a, a date. She, when she gets nervous, she gets very quiet. And when I get nervous, I get the opposite. So we went to this little place called Lupe's, East LA Mexican Kitchen up on 6th Avenue. Man, did I polish off two giant burritos hers and mine big great thing start to a date great Told start a ton to a story first date with with this girl that i thought truly not only didn't like me but found me repulsive <laughs> oh she God. was quiet I, I apparently nauseated her she would not touch her food so i threw it all down i thought well that you know what that was worth the delicious but let me see about you know before i give up on this uh, little bar up here let me just stop in Two shots in, she relaxes. Once she started talking and how funny and smart she was, I was like, oh my God. Well, the you answer she her, gave me, you're in the love. answer she gave me was, I think when he got a few drinks in me, which got me to finally speak, <laughs> this is the which best got me to game. finally speak, <clears throat> the he'll best be game able ever. to explain Play. that answer. He'll be able to explain that This is the best answer. game. Yes. This is the best that game. Is, that is exactly right. And, and then and there, I wrote her a note. Uh, as sophisticated as I was at that time, it said, would you be my girlfriend? And I gave her only two boxes that she could check. And one was yes, and the other was, of course. <laughs> oh, That's great. And which one did and she check? She crumpled it up, threw it down, <laughs> yelled something vaguely anti-Semitic and stormed out of the room. <laughs> that true. Do you still have that note? Did you guys think ahead and save that note for posterity? I think she saved the note so she has mm -hmm. that and, and some other. Do you show your kids that note? Uh, we have not spoken to them. Could we make t-shirts out of that note? <laughs> <laughs> and That's what eventually became of those burritos? Talk me through that. <laughs> <laughs> the digestive process in there. Uh, by the way, in my phone, you are listed as doofus. Yes. And that she is sense. listed as doofette. <laughs> we are a pair. We are, yeah. we are quite... We are quite the pair. And as Stephen will tell you, uh, Stephen is one of my best friends and I see him once a year. Like I'm, as you know, I'm not the most outwardly no. social individual. I actually get sent in by law enforcement once a year for proof of life. I have to take a photo <laughs> next to John with a copy of that day's New York Times. And then we leave him alone for another year. Uh, there are always those people go like, I'm one of his best friends and I've never had dinner with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. John, how much time do you spend in that basement drumming on a daily basis? I, I can spend a couple hours down there. Do you drum along to music or are you just drumming? 
Jimmy, that's hurtful. (laughs) What would I be drumming to if it weren't weren't music, Jimmy? The Sad Drummer, that's the name of your album. I'm saying, are you... (laughs) The Lonely Drummer, sitting in the basement, absent of notes. Are you drumming just alone, or do you have music blasting? You're drumming along to the music. To the music, yeah. You put on music. It's just a great... I had always, when I left The Daily Show, I, I knew that I was going to have to, as you guys are learning now, the circadian rhythm of your life becomes the production schedule of your talk show. It's that structured, you know, none of us got into this business to be proper businessmen who get up at eight and take the, the subway and go to the thing, but that's what having a talk show is. And so I knew if I didn't replace that structured day with something, I have the type of brain that would slowly, as I was saying to, to Steven the other day, like it, it turns from like, that was a great run to you failed everyone who ever loved you like pretty fast. It goes south and dark really fast. <laughs> everyone's nodding by the way, which is everyone's weird. nodding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. worrying. There's a sad. reason so I, why John I, I had, had this conversation. Sad. There's yeah. a reason sad. why John shared that with yes. me the other day. I'll just say <laughs> this that. This is so sad. But, but when you lose that structure, you're untethered from the thing that prevents the bad mind from doing its corrupt best. So I knew I had to fill it with some other things and I picked music as something I'd always wanted to do. And I tried guitar for maybe two weeks and I realized I'm gonna have to do this 10 years to do a shitty version of Blackbird. Like there's no way (laughs) that I will die before I can ever play something resembling guitar but I can bang on shit and so I started that and it turns out to be much more complex and challenging and all those things than I thought it was but you could interact with music almost immediately like simple beat put on you know something and just sit in there and just it's such a lovely feeling and at that age to have your body doing things that you know, clicking in a pattern that just wasn't there before. It's like the opposite of death. Can I offer another <laughs> suggestion for that kind of existential crisis? If you just get a pair of socks and you just put onions in the base of them. Claire! I've tried this. We were right up. <laughs> John, how important would you say in our post-talk show lives will it be for us to have basements? So crucial. Just and by the way, that's a soundproof basements. Not okay. just basements. Soundproof basements. <laughs> Here's the thing about what we do, guys. And this is important to remember. When you leave what we do, you disappear. Seinfeld leaves and you still watch him every night at 11 and you still roll through and you still enjoy it. When we leave, you disappear. And if Oprah can leave and the world still turns, what do we have? Not not to be a a bracing voice here, but for God's (laughs) sakes, people, get a hobby. Fill out your lives. Find God. Carpe I'm telling you, you're Carpe. worthless and insignificant. <laughs> John, I That's think good. my take on the 2016 <laughs> Iowa caucus is going to be just as entertaining 50 years from now. No question. No, we make egg salad. And no matter how good the egg salad is, three days later, you're like, could someone fucking throw out that egg salad? Well, especially Jimmy, because he doesn't have plastic bags. Speaking of the egg salad, <laughs> wonder what would you wonder what would happen? You want some I egg salad what would out of a diaper bag? You, uh, you you want to get that cough back? <laughs> you get it back? 
You want you get the cough back if you put eggs out in plastic bag. And that's an excellent time to take another break to hear from yet another one of our generous and gracious sponsors. Hello, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile and friend to three and a half of the Strike Force Five. Today, I want to welcome to the pod audience all those festival goers who were trapped for days in an entertainment desert and don't know what you've been missing here. You've probably had a lot on your mind, like, am I going to survive? And why did I think a full-body leotard made of disco balls was a good idea? So you probably haven't heard that for a limited time, you can get unlimited premium wireless from Mint for just $15 a month. Imagine being able to call, text, and desperately beg the internet for help all you want for just $15 a month. Uploading countless videos of yourself crying for just $15 a month. Mapping out options for a miles-long escape path with total strangers for just $15 a month. Endlessly searching how to get disco ball glass shards out of your legs and arms and back and front for just $15 a month. By now, you're probably safe at home with no intention of leaving the house again for a very long time. So visit mintmobile.com strikeforce so you can stay in touch with the world for just $15 a month. $45 upfront required plus taxes and fees. Three-month promo rate renews at full price. Limited time for new customers only. Data speeds reduced after 40 gigabytes per month for unlimited. Video streams at 480p. Visit mintmobile.com. Wait oh. a second. He said Mintmobile, which is how the AI version of him in episode three said Mintmobile. I'm calling it. He didn't record that. That was wow. AI. You think that Ryan was AI? Because he said Mintmobile, <clears throat> and that's how the AI says Mintmobile. I think he's now. Wow. Yeah, I'm with you too. Wow, this goes really deep now. It, it, I'm going to go on record and say I don't care either way. The, Here's what uh, I'm upset yeah. about. Team that John. guy is better looking than us, and it yes. turns out he's funnier than us. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't cotton to that. I don't like it. I think that leave the humor to the people that need it. Thank that you. That need to be able to do this. Thank to you. To have a career. Here we go. It's just not to be, and he's in shape. So I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, uh, also well, nice. Well, he's also like kinder than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't. Well, more he's generous. Canadian. He was talking about uh, Burning Man, uh, making a reference there, which I think could be a kind of an interesting thing to talk to John Stewart about, which is music and drums. What was your first concert, John Stewart? Uh, the first one I ever went to, or yes, I've got some good music show stories there, but. Uh, the Not first the one I ever went to, I, fuck, uh, <laughs> I went to was, and I, and I won't do it then. There have to be rules. It was Van Halen at the Philadelphia Spectrum. That's fantastic. What year? What year? 1978. Wow. 1977. Uh, are, are we, uh, that's not. Drove down that there. Women and Children First? What, what album is that? Off Brown. Oh, I don't know. I was so hammered I, I don't even barely remember being there i just remember you know <laughs> did they play they eruption just answer do they play eruption sure, they, pl they, they had to play eruption they had and that began my lifelong love affair with with van halen and it ultimately ended up becoming friends with those guys which was which was a delight no uh, way yeah i love them so much i got to I, I got to see them at cafe wa that last time they came cafe wa yes. you gotta be kidding me I swear for those who don't know cafe wa is a basement in Greenwich Village that holds maybe 125 people. Yeah. The idea that you could see Van Halen, who are the quintessential stadium rock band, even if they were like trying to keep it down on an acoustic set, they couldn't. Like they just, Eddie just couldn't keep it down. Like 
they're the best. The best. It was amazing. David Lee Roth had like a, a, a conductor's cap on and like overalls. <laughs> Always. It was unbelievable. We had David and Van Halen on the show. We closed down Hollywood Boulevard and moments into their first song, moments, David Lee Roth hit himself in the face with the mic stand. It was a bloody mess, and Eddie and Alex could not stop laughing. They were <laughs> just dying laughing. David Lee Roth had to go to the side of the stage, and he he duct taped his wound shut and continued the show. And then afterwards, wow. Eddie was convinced that he did it on purpose. <laughs> that was they had they had a little bit of a traveling circus going there. Did a gig down in the. Florabama, the state line between Florida and Alabama, that lawless zone in international <laughs> waters where anything goes. And oh, yeah. so the debauchery at this hotel. And at that point, you know, I was used to the MTV lifestyle, but not the Van Halen lifestyle. So it was one of those things where I was fr frightened by the, the excess of what I saw. But I happened to be have the, the pleasure of rooming next to Eddie and Eddie couldn't sleep. And so it was just a constant march back and forth to knock on my door and go like, hey, you, uh, you got any chips in your room? Do you got? And I'd be like, Eddie, it's, you know, it's five. I really, it's time. He's like, yeah, I know. I just got, I got to, I got to get some chips. I just, and I, I just thought, well, that's. That's your example of the Van Halen ethnic <laughs> lifestyle. Five a.m. Knock, knock, knock. You got chips? You got any chips? Is that a but street it was. name? Like, no, it's I not think, a street I think name. they I must have chips. had everything else, but the one thing they were lacking was, was chips. They needed the chips. Was the Cabo Wabo flowing? Oh, yeah. And they had also their own, like, sommelier that traveled. Like, at that point, uh, Eddie uh, was, like, in a classier phase, and so they would, they would drink wine. And it would all, so they'd set up the, the meals backstage and everybody would have these large glasses and Sammy would come in. It was a lot of sniffing and smelling and throwing. <laughs> so it was a different you, vibe than what it had been. I was asking, I spoke to Eddie after a concert for about an hour, just hanging out in his dressing room. And I was asking him about David Lee Roth and I was asking him about Sammy Hagar. And uh, he, the thing that really pissed him off about Sammy, he told me was in the contract writer, Sammy would order something like a dozen bottles of Opus One, and then he wouldn't drink any of it, and he would have it sent back to his house each night. And <laughs> the band had to pay for it. He'd basically stock his wine cellar over the course of the tour. And genius, it, genius. And it pissed uh, Eddie off to no end. That's so funny. <laughs> Is that is genius, by the way. He built his whole cellar. <laughs> John Stewart, we here at Strike Force Five are nothing if not men of our words. It is one fifteen, and I know uh, you have uh, you've got a chopper to catch. I do. I have to to thank you guys for a truly enjoyable afternoon. Oh. It's been it's been lovely to speak with uh, you, talk show hosts. Thank you. It's coming across. How much you enjoyed it? Coming across in that read. John, you're the best. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks, guys. So so good to see you guys. And listen, man, how this is not uh, obviously off the thing, but everybody doing all right? I do want to Mike, say, don't stop to, rolling on this mic. Keep rolling no, on this mic. Don't roll on this mic. Yeah, but, we're uh, feeling especially I, great after that pep talk you gave us about <laughs> the, what yeah. happens when we retire. Just be ready to leave, man, because yeah. when it's done, it's done. You are dust uh, in the wind. 
John, thank you so much for being here. John Stewart, everybody. Wonderful man. Seth, I just have one thing I wanted to ask you before we go. You invited me to be on your podcast, and I have not heard anything from anyone. Yeah, that would be the podcast Family Trips with the Myers Brothers. Is that right. what you're speaking about? John Oliver's been on it. I have yeah, can't yeah. recommend it as a guest experience enough. <laughs> Jimmy and Stephen are going to get asked. We I have you not said been you asked can't yet. recommend it. We have not been asked I, would just, I guess here's what I would say to our listeners. Do you like this podcast, but wish it was just me and the other four guys were my brother and we <laughs> talked to celebrities about their childhood <laughs> travels? If so... <laughs> If so, if no, show, if no, show, no, 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 you know, having clock. a guest means less work for us, and yet he gets none of the money. So I kind of like that combo. We get Just none of the money. Just to be clear, either. we get none of the money either, Stephen. Unless you're doing something very different with the money, which I did suspect. So that's a bit of a tell. That's right. You are wearing so many diamonds right now. Well, I mean, you get older, you want to draw attention away from the waistline. Yeah, it's all the money graciously provided to us by Aviation American Gin and Mint Mobile goes to our uh, out-of-work staffs. Well, everybody, that's it for Episode 7 of Strike Force 5. I thought that was a good episode. It was a great episode. John Stewart, a wonderful guest. How? How? Well, I'm supposed to just, are you stopped Are you re-ending the show now? What? You can't, you you can't peter he's out a little bit? The best. He's the best. <laughs> he didn't have to do that, you know? See you next time. It's so good to see John. How about that? I just wanted to say something that ended it. Yeah. It's still not over. <laughs>